Hello, welcome to episode three of the Ha Ha Wall podcast. I hope you enjoyed episode one and two with Danny Field. This time around, we have the incredibly talented Josiah Day. Anyone in Auckland um, on the comedy scene will know Josiah. He's a regular face in all the open mic rooms. He's breaking out into the pro rooms across New Zealand as well. I have no doubt that Josiah is going to make it in comedy. He is of that talent. He's just so funny. I've seen him in um, rooms where all the other comedians have bombed. He'll get up, do his thing, and within seconds just have the whole room in stitches. He is just, without a doubt, um, you know, really promising up-and-coming comedian in New Zealand. So I was really, really happy to have him on. Uh, we talk quite a lot about the Raw Comedy Quest, which is the um, annual open mic competition that's held nationally across New Zealand. I had my heat a couple of weeks ago, which I think went all right. Um maybe would have hoped that I had performed a little bit better but um, hey you get one shot and let's hope it was enough to get into the semis enough from me uh, take it away Josiah Josiah uh, Tom thank you very much for coming on thank you for having me oh fucking sorry sorry <laughs> it's just weird it's all official now you've pushed the button so they can hear us I know, right? Yeah. No room for error now, is there? No, I can't. I can't stuff up. Not again. we got to nail this. Yeah, not like last time. Yeah. <laughs> I'll remember to click save. So, officially the best open mic comedian in Auckland. Oh, officially? I don't, I don't know if it's official, but I believe it. Yeah? Yeah. That's all you need. Yeah. Perception's reality, right? Oh, I, I wish. I wish it was. To be fair... I wouldn't even describe you as an open micer. You're more of a new pro, but yeah. you frequent the open mic scene. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I have sort of, I, I am sort of very good and, <laughs> and the best. And um, yeah, I, no, I have though sort of reached that new pro level. Mm. It, that's what the showcase was about and stuff. So yeah. But I was an open micer. I was an open micer for ages. I still am. still consider myself an open micer. You know, I go in there, bump bump shoulders with the other boys. <laughs> it's difficult because I think unless you're at a really, really high level, you're always going to be involved somewhat in the open mic scene, even just to road test new material. And I saw this a lot, especially in Sydney, where really quite renowned, well-known Aussie comedians would pop in and do their five-minute new bit on the open mic scene. Um, and that was really cool for us newbies because yeah. it's like, oh, shit. It's Becky Lucas who does the headlines, the comedy store, and now she's doing five minutes on the same bill as me. Oh, that's awesome. But so yeah, open micer, new pro. I say official because in Raw you came third, and the ones above you were from Wellington. Yeah, fucking Wellington. Who's funnier, Wellington or Auckland? I have no idea. I just assume where I am is the funniest. So I'd say Auckland right now. But... <laughs> Yeah, they won, so they must be funnier if they won. It's the competition. It's, it's, yeah. Funnier to the judges. Yeah, I don't know how it's judged, but... Me either. Racistly, that's how it's oh. judged. <laughs> what an allegation. By a bunch of white supremacists. Jeez. Comedy in New Zealand spelt with a K. K for KK comedy. 
I mean, I must say, do I need to put some disclaimer? All, all, all right, views look. of my guests are not necessarily the views all of right. Tim Conley. Yeah, put a big bloody disclaimer saying, don't open this if you don't like the truth. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't listen if you don't like the truth. No. This is turning into some, like, info wars. Mm. What's that dude, the crazy American guy who shouts about gun control? Uh, ah, shit. Um, Alex Jones. Alex Jones, that's it. Yeah, I'm very far away from that. This yeah. isn't yeah. info wars. This is... This is comedy. This is the truth. That's what it is. Alex Jones, that doesn't even sound like a real name, man. That sounds like a fake person name. I know, right? For someone who's famous, yeah. he hasn't really got a famous person's name. Mm. Like, oh, actors always have actors' names, don't they? Yeah. Like... For some reason, Zoe Deschanel's in my brain right now, but oh. she's often in my brain, so... Ooh. But she's, she's, got an act, she's got an actress's name, doesn't she? Yeah. She was never going to, like, you know, do admin in the finance department, was she, with no. a name like that? She was never going to work at McDonald's. Hello, I'm Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. That's how fancy that word is. Can't even say it at McDonald's <laughs> in the same sentence. Deschanel. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Bradley Pitt. Yeah, Bradley Pitt. <laughs> it, yeah, it sounds, str- it sounds strange when it's Bradley. Yeah. It's got to be Brad for um, the actor's name, doesn't it? Brad Bradford Pitt. Yeah. Anyway, raw. Yeah, raw. You did well. Ooh. Didn't do well enough. I lost. Ah, you won Auckland though, and nah. as you say, it's the funniest city. Yeah, that's the funniest Allegedly. city. Allegedly. Allegedly. But yeah, I lost. I was very bummed out when I lost. Oh really? Yeah. You even getting so far? Yeah. I, well, I don't know why, but I just I I believe in myself so much that so I'm very surprised when I don't succeed at things. No. It's hardly a failure, though, is it? Well, it was to me. I was expecting to win. I was, I was so expecting to win. I, I nearly cried on stage. I cried afterwards. I cried, I cried, I cried at the fuck. I cried too much, man. I need to my cry. It's all right. It's two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, I know. Emotional people. I just get tired. I ask more crying. I do, man. Yeah. After, after, after I lost, I went for a walk and cried, and then I went back to the bar. You know the comedy bar, and we, you know, we're trying to pretend to be happy, but I was, I was fucking devastated. See, to most people, to get so far, to get third in a national competition, the biggest of its kind, is just what an achievement. I mean, I'm going to be entering this year, and look, if you told me that you could get third, like, I'm not expecting to get anywhere near that. Like, mm. if I get through the heats, I will be chuffed because I've entered two competitions like it before. I haven't even got through the heat, so if I can get through the heat, I'll be chuffed. Oh. Would you consider yourself a perfectionist in that regard? No, I just consider myself uh, an idiot. I don't know why. I don't know what the word is for it, but um, I'm not a perfect. Like I just think I'm. What's a word when you think you're way better than you are? What is that <laughs> word? Delusional. Yeah, I'm delusional. I literally am. I'm a delusional person. But to get third, that I, I disagree, because to get third, that's an achievement in itself, and most people would regard it as a huge achievement, because it is. I suppose. Have you heard my joke about it? I don't think I have. I said I said this joke that I sometimes start with. I go, um, yeah, I, I came uh, third in the national comedy, com- well, it's comedy competition. Well, it's not actually third. I actually got highly commended, which, which actually means that I was so good at losing that I got to go up on stage, stand next to the actual winner and provide contrast. (laughs) 
because apparently the best way to view this, you know, the sweetness of victory is to have it stand next to the misery of defeat. <laughs> that way when people are clapping in the audience, they can make comparisons like, oh, look, they're both crying, but for separate reasons. <laughs> it just did a bit, it felt weird to just do a bit to one person. Yeah, one person. <laughs> a fellow comedian as well. Mm. Most open mic gigs are two other comedians, but at least yeah. there's more than one of them yeah. in the audience. At least there's a bartender somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, I find that really, uh, I find that really interesting, because it's to, again to reiterate, I think it's such a big achievement and something that most people would be envy or envious of. Yeah. Um, talk me through the process. There's a heat and a semi-final, then the final. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So um, the heats start around uh, the start of February. Mm-hmm. There's about depending on how many um, people enter. There's usually ten heats, and there'll maybe be like seventy people that enter and then a couple of people get to do two heats instead of one just to fill in the gap <laughs> oh pardon me heat cup in the brook <laughs> after, oh, yeah. after the heats um, he picks about 20 something semi-finalists and then um, they do that and then they decide who wins the semi who goes on to the finals and there's about eight from Auckland there's two from Wellington and there's one from Christchurch Okay. And Wellington and Christchurch do their own sort of competition to get to the final. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. So they have to win Wellington before they can go to Auckland, where else, because there's so many more people here, we just have to beat the rest of the Auckland people. Mm. So this is more of a hypothetical question. It probably won't be even be a good question. But say you had hypothetically gone out, not even got through the first heat, what would you have been feeling then? I, didn't, I never even thought of it as a possibility. Um, <laughs> shit, uh, what would I be feeling? I would have, I don't know, I would have, um, I probably would have broken. Really? Yeah, that's how delusional I am, I would have, yeah. I'm the, I don't know if it is delusional, I think the fact that you're so well respected on the scene and you're being recognised for that, that that's not delusional. Those are facts. Um, I guess I I I don't know because from my point of view, like I said, I've done the same competition. Well, is there's Raw in Australia, and so you think you're funny in the UK, and both times I didn't even get through the heats, yeah. and there is a level of like, oh, damn it, would have liked to have been recognised a bit more, but it's also. Competitions aren't the be-all and end-all. No. I mean, there's plenty of comedians who have got huge without winning competitions. Um, and that's just the way I look at it. I don't know if it's something that, you know, that, that's something that came to your mind at the time. Well, at the time, I was so invested and just... Not even invested, I just thought for sure I had won this. Like... In my head, I was like, the only way I lose this is if I stuff it up. Hmm. Yeah. So it's, and I know the competition isn't the be all or end all, but I'm just, yeah, I get caught up in things so easily and so quick without even realizing. Yeah. I guess it's difficult to really be in that situation, to imagine what it's like in that situation without being in it. Because imagine in the days before, 
what's happening? Are you writing your winner's speech? Are yeah, you I did. Going I, through, like, I literally wrote like four head? different winner's speeches. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you get a chance to do a, well, a bronze medal winner's speech? No, I, I said something, but I, I wasn't supposed to. I just said something to sort of like stop me from crying. Sure. Yeah. yeah. What advice would you give to someone who's going to be entering law this year? Um, don't, don't get caught up in things, idiots. Don't just, just <laughs> yeah, stop investing stuff into other things that you can't really control, like competitions or other people's opinions. Yeah, there's nothing you can do but just have fun. Remember to have fun. Have fun, kids. Because it is essentially, it's it's like with anything with comedy, it's subjective. Yeah, and it could be the judges are wrong. Maybe. I'm not saying that. Well, I, I they d- are. <laughs> yeah. I definitely didn't deserve to win on the the, the night. I, um, I did not do my best on the night. Were you there? No, I only arrived in Auckland in August. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I think the finals in what April, May, something like that. March. I March. Know. Okay. I think I don't know. June. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to enter it this year. Yeah. Um, and I think I'll go to the final. Um, you know. Yeah. I assume I won't be performing in it, but I think it would be a good one to um, to go to. to yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's a to big watch. event. Yeah. Hmm. So when did you start doing comedy? Um, I started doing comedy March last year. Not that long then? No, no, not that long. I started... Um, my first gig was the heat for the competition last year. Really? Yeah, and I... I, so I, was that so when you came third? That was your second yeah, time that was entering. My that was the time. Well, yeah. Okay. I had whole. I had whole. I had whole, I had a whole year to prepare for the thing, and I, yeah. And I'd been work that. I'd been working towards it the whole year, thinking, yeah, this is. I'm gonna. Right. Because I was disappointed. I lost the, the <laughs> my on my the competition the first time when I How only did, did one you get gig. On that one? No, it didn't even get through the semis. Right. I failed in the heat and I was just very I was very angry. <laughs> so is comedy something that you've always wanted to do? Because you seem to have a lot of emotional investment in it from a very early point. Oh yeah man. Um I think it's always been something I've thought about as a kid. Like I like I didn't know that I was going to do comedy but I knew I was going to do something like this mm. like some sort of um, whatever the fuck this is part of my language sorry that's sorry. All right. computer this is an R18 yeah. podcast oh cunts fucking cunts <laughs> you fucking cunts with your fucking dicks and your your pussies <laughs> fucking just swearing up swearing beep, a fucking straw beep beep oh fucking watch out for that fucking truck fucking reverse exit sorry so, yeah, no, but I'd uh, love it if there is someone listening to this in the car. Yeah. I don't want a truck to reverse on them. No. I'd, um, I'd just love it if someone's listening. Just be scared. Just be scared for a bit. I just want to know that I've affected someone. <laughs> yeah, but I, I sort of always knew that I was going to do comedy. I didn't know that it was, that it was comedy. Like, I didn't realise comedy was a thing until maybe, like, 17-ish. Okay. And I, that's when I got like invested in the idea of becoming a comic and by that I just mean I watched a lot of YouTube clips of like stand up comedy who are you watching um 
I can't remember. It was just like Laugh Factory stuff. Yeah. I just I remember for like two weeks, I just watched the whole Laugh Factory thing back then. Okay. Yeah. Just anyone and everyone. Oh, no, I would have been 19. Yeah. Anyone and anyone. Yeah. Everyone and anyone. So was that the point where you thought, right, this is something that I yeah. could do or I want to do? Yeah, nearly. I nearly did it too. I ended up going to, um, do you know the... The Comedians Comedians podcast. Yeah, yeah, Stuart yeah. Goldsmith. Well, he had a show here in New Zealand a couple of years ago. Mm. He was um, interviewing, what's his name, Carrie, Carrie Marks. Old dude, white dude. He's got a oh. joke about falling out of old white dude. That's everyone in comedy. <laughs> Here's a joke about um, falling out a window. Oh, man, you know what? I'm. You get some comedians who are comedy nerds and are everyone and anyone and they'd be able to answer you that question I'm not, I I'm not <laughs> that guy oh yeah I'm sorry old white dude yeah. falling out window well it doesn't really matter who it was anyways but he interviewed someone at the classic and I remember mm. going to that just to be like I want to see what this is about but then I didn't do it for um until last year yeah so yeah. how long was that? How old are you now? Twenty three. Okay. Yeah. So there was a there was a little bit of time in between you wanting to be a yeah. comedian. Well, I that's the thing. I got to that that point. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do this. Just because I don't I don't even know why. I think it was just like there was too many people in the audience. I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> and I left. I forgot about it completely until I came back up to the city um, last year. You know, just to find work and stuff. And I couldn't find a job, and I saw that this, um, the open mic was the classic open mic was running, so I just signed up. Right. So I mean, what was going through? So you said your first gig was the raw competition here. Yeah. What was going through your head on that day? Fucking terror, absolute yeah. terror. I did not. Like I don't feel like I'm a person that cares about a lot of things, at all, really. But um, yeah, for that, I was so scared, so scared, so invested. And it was weird because I signed up, but maybe four or five weeks before that, I, I, you know, I signed up and then you gave me like four weeks or something to till my date. And every Monday I'd show up at the Classic and I'd be so nervous I'd be shaking. Like, I wouldn't be, be performing, but I'd be in the audience shaking. Wow. Yeah. Worrying about when it was my time to go up. Yeah. Week by week. Yeah. Four, three, two, one, getting oh, closer. And it finally came, and I, I did average. And... Can you I, remember what your first joke was? Um... I think my first joke was, um... I can't remember what my first joke was. I remember jokes from it. I don't know, I remember the order. I remember one of my first jokes was uh, um, the, the one about the gay dicks. About, I saw a study on the internet that said gay guys are bigger dicks. That was one of my first jokes. That went well. Can you do the bet? I don't know it. Um, I, saw a I saw a study on the internet that said gay guys are bigger dicks. Man, I must be gay as fuck. <laughs> found that study because I googled big gay dicks. You know what I've had first? I tell a lie, I have heard it. Now you say it. Yeah. It's a really good bit. Yeah, that was one of my <laughs> first jokes. And I had some jokes that worked, some jokes that didn't. But I ended up doing a, um, like, and I was going like, okay, I remember being like, oh, this is good, these people like me. 
And then I got to a point where I tried to do a joke about, um, it's so like contrived, but you know how John Cena does that thing with his hand and goes, you can't see me. I'll be honest, I don't. I'm not much of a wrestling fan, to be honest. <laughs> well, John Cena does this thing where he shakes his hand in front of his face and goes, you can't see me. And then uh, I had a joke. Some, it was something along the lines of, um, I don't know why John Cena thinks he's invisible. If being gangster made you invisible, there wouldn't be so many dead black kids in America. Yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened. Deep breath in. It was not funny. And it was fucking incredibly surprising to me that I could not be funny in front of a whole bunch of people. Fuck, I was... All my nightmares came true right then. Yeah. Yeah. That's... That's an edgy joke. Yeah, this was not even a good joke. <laughs> I can see the mechanics of a joke, but I can see why people would be like, whoa, that's a bit out of order. I can see how that's a recipe for a joke, but it looks like a shit joke, honestly. Yeah, a recipe for disaster. <laughs> You're forgiven, it was your first... Did, I mean, did you ever do that again? After no, that? no, I, I learned very quickly. Uh, to not do stuff well I didn't because I keep doing stuff like that but I learned very quickly <laughs> that um, that sort of not thought if you're going to do a joke about that sort of stuff it has to be very well thought out yeah yeah. and you've got to nail it yeah you've got to nail it or else yeah people do not like racism you see it a lot on the open mic level yeah not even just racism sexism just all those baby isms. jokes that sort of thing yeah. if they're not done well yeah. man they bomb if you've got a joke about something that's not very edgy and it's not that funny people just don't laugh yeah. but if you've got a joke about something edgy and people don't find it funny people think you're a dick <laughs> yeah they think you're, ter- you're a terrible person yeah right. I've never even thought of it like that really if you make a joke about I don't know going to the shops and it's just not funny people are <laughs> yeah. boring but if, but if you make a joke about going to the shops and then your punchline is here and then I fuck the baby <laughs> and everyone's yeah, going to be yeah. like fuck you and your shops son <laughs> but I mean some of your stuff is a bit I don't want to keep using the word edgy but I mean some of your stuff deals with some dark subjects yeah. um is that something that you're conscious of? Do you do that deliberately? Yeah. And my, sorry, just to as a caveat to that, you, there's some stuff that you do that is dark, but is hilarious and you nail it. And the fact that you have rooms full of people laughing is testament to that. So that kind of like dark edgy humour, is that something you do intentionally? Yes, thank you. In terms of the compliment, it's got to be <laughs> very nice and warm inside. Um... I don't know if I do it intentionally, but if, um, yeah, because I spent the first three quarters of comedy just trying really hard to write jokes and figure out how jokes work and stuff, and because I did it that way, all my jokes were about nothing, all my jokes were about pirates, and stuff like, just non, just not real things like that, about pirates and orange juice, and just like the most non-offensive you know, just, and like, what is the word for like imaginary sort of stuff? Like surreal? Yeah, surreal. All my jokes were about unicorns and pirates and orange juice and stuff. 
I did. I don't know why I did that, but I feel like I'm looking back now. I because I did it like that. I learned how to write jokes. I learned how to write jokes. Mm. So like when I did get to not all open my comedians. You gotta figure it out eventually. <laughs> because I learned how to write jokes when I finally um, I got sick of all that bullshit that I've been doing. I started writing about things that I think about you know like, <laughs> no, it just made me sound bad I was just thinking of like the jokes I, I, the things I do jokes about I was like no I don't really think about those things but <laughs> like I, I, I am able now like I'm not scared to approach the topics anymore because I know I'll be able to write jokes I'll, I'll be able to make it funny mm. yeah. which is some, which is what I learned in that, that first gig with that the 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 black dead kid thing. Yeah. So if you don't know how to do it, don't do it. Yeah. It's a good bit of advice. Yeah. Um, and something I don't think is necessarily communicated that much to new comedians. I think a lot of people fall into the trap of seeing edgy comedians on TV and there's a lot out there and edgy humour on the internet and that kind of thing. I don't know if he's big here but like there's a huge comedian called Jimmy Carr in the UK. Oh, yeah, he's big everywhere, man. Yeah, yeah, he's, I mean, he's yes. massive, but he does a lot of, like, edgy stuff, and, you know, he'll do, like, people heckle him, and he'll do mm. your mum jokes back to them, and yeah. stuff like that, and I think people see that, and he's obviously huge and very funny, and people think, ah, so that's how you make people <laughs> laugh, and then go and go on stage and shout about coming in on your mum's yeah. face or whatever and it's like when it's an open <laughs> mic comedian doing that in a room full of five people you're just yelling at everyone I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna kill your mum and I'm gonna fuck her gonna <laughs> fuck your dead mum comedy Jimmy Carr can do it open micers can't oh yeah Jimmy Carr knows how to do it that's the thing like, there's so much learning you have to do that's the thing you, you're always like I'm fucking always learning new shit and fucking realising stuff about comedy and feeling stupid that I hadn't thought of it before mm. well. I know what you mean it's strange because I'm sort of at a similar no you've been doing comedy a little bit longer than me mm. but you know similar in term similar time length um, and the last few weeks have just been so many things have become apparent that I've just thought man I wish I'd known that and known that sooner or why wasn't that apparent to me sooner than that? And basically everything you think you know about comedy when you start, yeah. you may as well forget it there and oh, then because yeah. you're going to learn some interesting stuff that you don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's weird because some of the lessons are obvious but you don't know until they hit you in the face and then you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Like the don't joke about bad stuff if you can't write jokes. Mm. Like that, that seems like it would be obvious but it's not. Yeah. it's not until you do it and you're like oh okay I see why that's a thing yeah. I think because everyone maybe not everyone but most people amongst their friends in the privacy of their own home or the privacy of a friendship circle I think humour can get a little bit darker yeah, and you say it. things to your friends that you <laughs> yeah. wouldn't usually say in public and people think that that's what you can then do on stage yeah. <laughs> And that's not the case at all. You're going to establish you're not a piece of shit before you say something that makes you a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh. I think, I don't know, I guess a good bit of advice would be, well, it's the fact that when you're performing in front of a crowd of people, 
you've never met them before. So you wouldn't go tell a dark joke to a stranger like on the streets. So. Yeah. <laughs> It's like to say, you can't, you can't just walk up to a girl and just be like, oh, you want to hear a joke and then just tell her the worst joke you know. Uh, yeah. It is just, just realising that these people don't know you. Ingratiate yourself with them first and then you can, they'll let you get away with stuff if they like you. So you've got away with words, I think. Mm. And the way you phrase things, I think often... Not all the time. Often there's like obvious punchlines, but I think a lot of the time your material is enhanced by phrases you use. Mm. And so, so I, I'm not going to get the exact phrase right, but something you said earlier about the contrast between um, you coming in third and the winner. There was something you said about that and it made me think that's, that, that's a very Josiah thing to say. Yeah. And there's, you've got a way with words that's quite poetic and this was highlighted in the workshop we did with Derek and Mishi. Because um, there was a phrase you used there when we did our, uh, we, were, we were writing about what our biggest fear was. And there was something you said, it was, I'm a, I'm a commotion, low commotion, I'm a pain train. Oh, <laughs> fuck, I'm an idiot. That's what I am, sir. No, it was... <laughs> It was. I mean, you might have. You might have said it in uh, in something. Not those exact words, but it was. That's pretty much bang on what you said. And you, you know, it's rhyming. There's a lyricism to it. There's a poetic nature to it. And when I think I can't remember if it was Derek or Mishi brought you up on that and said that you've got this poetic talent. You almost tried to. I feel like swerve away from that yeah. and deny it. Because they, I think they asked, do you write poetry? And your response was a bit like, fuck no, I don't write poetry. <laughs> Not a fuck with, bro. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I, I, I write raps. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, yeah, I mean, is, is that a kind of, I, I guess my question is why, why would you want to swerve away from being seen as a poet as opposed to a comedian or a rapper? Um... I think do you have any raps by the way no no I don't really. that's just that's just uh, the thing I could say because I'm brown um, yeah uh, the thing about if you look through my book you'll see it's, I'm not trying to write poetry that's just how I think mm. I think in a certain way that comes out lyrical because I'm thinking like I write as I think like I don't I don't start with the idea I, I write the bit and then I write the next bit and I write the, and I sort of let the bits flow as as I write and it yeah it comes out like that and I don't know why but when I read it back I hate myself so much because really yeah well it's just all just incredibly self indulgent that's, that's what poetry is to me that's what my free writing is to me it's just this is what I think these are my problems this is why blah 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 and it's just disgusting I hate it. It's just, I just, I feel like a whiny little idiot. And I just, yeah. Like if I heard myself speaking like that, pardon my, oh, I keep burping, I'm sorry. It's my fault, it's the Woodstocks, I think. I'm drinking water, I'm a healthy <laughs> boy. If, um, yeah, like if I, if someone came up to me and spoke like that, I would want to, I would want to slap them. Okay. Yeah. So is it something more about the actual content being about the self as opposed to the actual act of writing poetry. Yeah. 
that yeah, it's 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 about the self. Yeah, I do not do not like the way I think sometimes. Okay. I mean, I think it's interesting because I think a common characteristic of comedians to varying degrees throughout the comedy community is that they are so I wanna I don't want to say everyone's selfish and completely self-indulgent but yeah. you ha- I think you have to have a more refined self-awareness yeah. to be a comedian because it's ultimately an expression of yourself so is that something that you try to avoid or something that you're almost I don't want to say the word embarrassed but something that you're aware of yeah I, I completely agree with what you just said you, you have to be self aware and I don't know I've, I mean at a point in my life before I started comedy I did, didn't realise how selfish I was how like um, self indulgent I was and now that I do comedy and I've you know I've been forced to write all this stuff and think about all this stuff I don't hate myself I just hate the way my brain works if that makes sense but isn't the way your brain work works something unique that has given you a talent because there's a lot of people who would love to have your comic ability there's a lot of people trying to do it who don't is that something that I guess uh, you know offsets those fears you have I don't don't think they're fears they're just they're just facts at this point like um yeah that's what makes me good at doing comedy and mm. doing writing and stuff but when, when you're not doing comedy and stuff and you're just thinking about things it, yeah it's, it's not good but that's yeah it's just something I'm going to deal with now as part of growing up yeah so do you feel comedy is something that can I don't know, it gives you a sense of order and purpose. It's something there to focus on. Yeah, well, at this point, before I had comedy, I did not know this about myself at all. And now that I have comedy, I'm fucking, I might as well use it. Mm. You know, I can't be, can't be stuck. That's the thing now, I have, I'm so aware of my thoughts and stuff now. And my, where else, and my emotions and stuff, where else before I started comedy, I was so happily ignorant. Like, I was just walking around just having the greatest time. But then comedy, like, yeah. I'm still having a good time. It's just sometimes if I get caught up in something, which I do a lot lately, I just get caught up in different things. I can't discuss with the podcast because that'd be rude. But, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I get caught up in personal things and they just, yeah. I find it interesting because I'd almost say that I'm the opposite in the way that before I started comedy I felt lost and had no purpose and thought geez is just joining the corporate machine is that all there's going to be and then when I started comedy it all that kind of negative energy I could then turn it into something positive and my 
disdain for normality is something that used to I feel hinder me but now I see it as one of like my biggest strengths it's interesting how different people can react to it in different ways yeah that's wonderful that's a beautiful way to say it the way you're saying it I think um, my problem is I did not have thoughts before this like I, I had thoughts but I did not dwell on thoughts okay because comedy makes you if you want to make something out of it you have to dwell on it yeah, and it, because I just <laughs> this sounds very childish, but because I never really had to deal with thoughts before, I'm still learning how to deal with them, and I'm not doing a very good job. Yeah. I mean, you're 23 though. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone really stops learning in that regard. Oh, it sucks, man. That sucks so much. I don't. Know, I just want to. I want to clock it and be done with it. <laughs> oh man, come on. Oh man, I think. Living in this day and age doesn't help with the media. So much no. information being run down your throat the whole time. Yeah. Scary world out there. And that's something that comedy gave me is because before doing comedy, I was quite politically and socially aware, which is pretty depressing in this day and age. <laughs> and comedy has given me something to focus on that's not that. Yeah. Well, it also, like... Um you can use that stuff now if you want to. Yeah, I've tried. I've see, it's weird because like growing up, I used to like like really love satire. Yeah. And Britain's got a lot of satire, and it's I I always like when I first started comedy, I saw myself as going to something more satirical. But it's difficult, and kind of going back to what we were saying before about everything you think about comedy when you first start. It's probably not right, and you yeah. learn so much. Because I used to think, oh, satire, you just take the piss out of politicians, and it's like a lot more complex than that. Yeah, it is. It's weirdly, um, it's weirdly complicated how fucking, part of my language, sorry, it's weirdly complicated jokes. Jokes don't seem like they should be as difficult as they are. Mm. Absolutely. I was reading an article today about it, and like putting jokes in a like mathematical formula mm. and I think it was like 2 plus 2 plus x equals 5 and x is the twist that makes the joke funny Ooh. and that's like basic joke structure and you think oh well once you got that that's easy yeah. <laughs> and Jesus God it's nowhere near yeah. as easy as that because uh. you need to fill in that x and yeah. whatever that is is difficult because that X has to be two things. It has to be what people think it's going to be, and it's going to be mm. what the punchline's going to be. Yeah. Basic joke structure. Anyone listening to this who can, they've got no excuse now. Yeah. They know what a joke is. You've done it. Go be comedians. <laughs> what are you waiting for? There's, there's Netflix hours to be made. No more shit stories that lead nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? Jesus. I have no idea. We're going to start talking about my feelings. I'm part of the podcast now. That's all right. That's what it's here for. This is a, this a cathartic. Cathartic. <laughs> bit of therapy, if nothing else. And then my dad, I don't think my dad loves me enough. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, can't look me in the eye and say, say, say he loves me. He always kind of looks to the side. <laughs> Dad humour is just like, uh, it's a genre of comedy in its own 
in its own right, I think. Yeah. Do you know Tim and Eric? Ah, uh, yeah, good boys. Yeah. They do <laughs> a lot of bad. Oh, no, as in like... Tim oh, yeah, the, 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 the yeah, comedians. Yeah, yeah, I know. Them I know Tim and Eric. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the comedians, they do a lot of bad humour. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. What is it? Like, um... How do you even define dead humour? What is it? It's like just... I think it's just highlighting that dads are, as a concept, are a bit strange. Yeah. As in... I don't know, this could, this could get weird. What's their role? Oh, your mother's raising you. I'm just going to kind of stand here and uh, try not to say anything offensive. Yeah. And it, <laughs> I'm just going to try and not fuck up too much. Because in the minimal world, they're fairly absent. Yeah, they are. So I think in the... Uh, I mean, apart from seahorses, I think seahorse oh, dads shit. actually give birth to the young how do they do that well I think they might change gender or something they start off as dads and then get impregnated and then end up as women women see horses so they, they're gay horses they turn into women I don't even I don't know if they're gay how are they impregnating I do know there's some fish that they reproduce by they don't even touch so this isn't seahorses, it might be seahorses, but like the fish just release eggs into the water and then the male swims through and fertilizes them. So there's no actual contact between two animals. And I've just thought like, how shitty and boring would that be if yeah. humans did it that way? Yeah, it sucks, man. I'd fucking, I'd hate to just have to swim through period blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, th- I'm pretty sure there's a premise to a joke there. It might just get a bit smutty, though. That's the only problem. Yeah, you can figure it out, though. You can see it. I can see it. Writing as we do podcasts. Yeah. It's Maybe productive. You guys will see this in eight weeks' time. Tim will come out with a be like, what's the deal with seahorses? You don't know how seahorses fuck. I don't know why I'm trying to do black black fucking Seinfeld. Y'all fucking see y'all y'all see horses fucking The archetypal comedian in a New York basement. So Bomb story. What's your worst bomb? Uh worst bomb I ever had was probably a month into comedy I did the ding dong show. You know oh, yeah. The Ding Dong Show? I'm doing it on Thursday, yeah. Oh, not the Ding Dong Show, sorry, the Gong Show. Oh, the Gong Show. Yeah, it's a show uh, held down at the Thirsty Dog. Yeah. It used to be every second and fourth Thursday, but now it's so, or maybe it was every first and third Thursday. Anyway, it's only one Thursday a month now. Right. So back when I first started comedy, I went up there once, and I um, can't remember what I was doing, but when I first started, I... I just like I do new material each time at the gong show was sort of my place to go and figure out new stuff and I was saying some joke and uh, all I heard from the crowd was a lady go gong him (laughs) that's not very supportive yeah (laughs) that's the last thing you want to hear she said gong him and then yeah that's I got off after that. I didn't let it go any further, but it was. Oh really? Just because yeah. of one person? Well, I just knew I was doing bad, and the crowd was not liking me. It's not a very exciting story, but yeah. I don't bomb very well. I'm very good. 
I really want to do that show because gong shows are quite common in the UK. But the ones here are not as um, not as like they don't have the gong. Oh really? Like, here you have to be doing absolutely horrible to get gong. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the UK, I mean, actually, I think I talked about the gong show I did in the Danny Field episode, so I won't go into too much detail. But I've done two, and one went really well. And to beat it, it's like such a rush. You feel so good. Yeah. And then the other one went really badly. In fact, the MC that night was Jared Christmas, who's oh, a Kiwi yeah. MC, who lives in London. Yeah. So you lost him, unfortunately. He's really funny. But yeah, um, I have heard the one in Auckland just isn't anywhere near as brutal. No, not at all. It's, uh, the one in Auckland is just a whole bunch of um, just loose people getting doing poems about vaginas and stuff it's like it's a variety show so anyone can do anything I've seen titties there like three times that's how loose it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've seen, I'll be going yeah it's just yeah it's just a whole bunch of people just being whatever they want to be and it's really cool it's like one of the funnest gigs to just watch and stuff and every um, they finish at the end by just like a big communal jam so people just start playing instruments and people just come up whenever they want and sing and everybody has a dance party. It's really nice. And when is this? Because I think I've liked their Facebook page but I haven't seen any like call-outs. It's the first Thursday of each month, I think, or the second Thursday of each month. But um, he had, didn't run it last month and he didn't run it this month. Yeah. So what are the actual rules for this one? For this gong? Yeah. Just do what you want. Don't Who decides do if you get gonged off or not? The host. The ho- oh, yeah. right, so it's all down on one person? Yeah, yeah. And he, he's just so up for anything, he'll just watch anything. We'll piss off up the back and have a smoke and not even be paying attention. Yeah, the only rule is just do original things. Right. Mm. I'm going to get myself down there. It yeah, sounds fun. It is fun. Sweet. Josiah, thanks so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for you for coming on. Me. Whoa. Again, yeah, Matt, I've never I had said. to do disclaimers on this. Whoa, what's in my eye? I'm gonna have to start doing. <laughs> it's like it's like my left eye. <laughs> I see the ghost world. Right eye, I see fine, but in the left eye, I see the ghost world. It's all translucent and white. Matt, way with words. What can I say? <laughs> the translucent white ghost world. Um. I don't know if I find that funny or sickening. Way of the words, come to face. Come to face. <laughs> oh, Way of words, no. come to face. We're going to have to end it at that. I'm a poet, come in my face. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Bukaki. <laughs> there you have it, Josiah Day. No doubt you will be hearing a lot more of him um, in New Zealand and, of course, beyond. I think he's going to... He's going to make it in comedy, um, and for that I am very jealous, um, but really great to, to know Josiah um, and be able to perform alongside with him. Thank you so much for coming on to my podcast. Uh, it's a lot of fun doing this. It's a learning curve. I'm learning all about recording and operating a podcast, and some bits are going well, some bits not so well, making mistakes along the way, but I'm learning from it. Uh, so hopefully you're enjoying it. If you do have any feedback, I would love to hear it. Uh, For now, thanks for listening.